If you missed last week's episode, we spoke with several of our reporters about the status of FCC from athletics to students to faculty. We talked about how the transition to online affected the athletics department and student athletes, how staff and teachers have, transi- have transitioned to online, and we also touched on how this transition has affected students in their studies and upcoming graduation. This week, we'll touch base with Rams freshman starting pitcher Marcelo Saldana, who had a season cut short by COVID-19, and we'll talk to one of our reporters, James Mora, on his top five video games to check out while observing social distancing guidelines. My name is John Bruce. And I'm Ben Hensley. And this is The Hurt. Good evening, Ben. Good evening, John. How are you doing? You know, I'm doing okay. How about yeah. you? Welcome back. I Thank m- you. Miss, yeah. m- missed you last week. Yeah, I had some other business to attend to, but I'm back and ready to go this week. Socially distancing business, right? Right. Exactly. Okay, yeah. yeah Got to make sure we're you know, keeping our business out of other people's business. Yep. Yeah, I stood six feet away <laughs> while doing doing whatever business I had to do. Um, no, I had to, had to get some housing stuff in order, but we should be moving on pretty pretty swiftly with that. Now, when you say moving on, do you do you literally move moving on? I do literally mean moving on. Yes, my yeah. lease is up here in a couple months, um, and I'm I've found and located a new place to live, and I'm hoping to move. Um, and that'll sure be interesting to, to to attempt to do under a pandemic. Yeah, I was gonna say that's gonna really change, you know how, uh, uh, you know how moving, uh, I guess, works. It's gonna make things a little little challenging. Right, as I understand it, moving. Um, companies and and services are still considered essential, um, you know, as people still need to move. Uh, so especially with, with, I know campuses are closed. I keep seeing um, posts on social media about uh, college students needing to go vacate their dorms because we are in fact in May. And that's when a lot of colleges and universities start to wind down yeah. um, their situation um, and their education services. So it's been rough, but we'll try and persist. Absolutely. It's, uh, it's, it's gonna be difficult. Uh, when, uh, so you said you were planning on moving in about two months or so? Yeah, sometime in July, hopefully. Cool. Cool. Just nearby or across town? Or still in Fre- yeah, still in Fresno. I'm looking at downtown. Uh, that's, that's about right. Like it's between downtown and tower right now, but I'm definitely wanting to get away from where I'm at right now. Gotcha. So, but yeah, um, and that's, you know, still with everything school going on and along with all the new laws and ordinances in place, it's not been easy, but it's been something that I'm really excited about. So all yeah. about that death and rebirth cycle kind of. <laughs> For sure. And uh, wearing that mask while you're moving. So yeah, I guess <laughs> since we're you know, talking about things being out of the ordinary, um you know, and that's sort of happening right around the same time fall semester would be starting up, signing for classes and everything already. Right. Um, I haven't signed up for classes yet, though I do know what I need to take. Uh, I've reached out to counseling too, um, gotten all that taken care of. Uh, have you signed up for any classes yet? Are you considering got, doing summer? I've got two uh, that I've currently got signed. Don't have anything over summer, but I've got two for fall that I've currently got signed up for. I'm waiting on a third one that I need to talk to a counselor. Right. I know. I so, imagine a lot of people are pretty hesitant to sign up because they don't, they're unaware if uh, it's going to be online, hybrid, full in person. Uh, yeah. That's something that none of us can really answer uh, definitively. But I, I think if I had to go based on pure speculation alone and, and from what, what um, uh, I guess moves we've seen from the administration, 
I, I would, again, speculation, say that there's probably going to be some hybrid um, uh, option for some classes if there's no in-person classes available. Definitely. You know, and uh, I've uh, been speaking to uh, Dr. Goldsmith's office, and we're hoping to bring her on uh, during one of our uh, upcoming podcasts, hopefully uh, it, pretty soon. Um, so she'll hopefully be able to clarify a little bit, but I know, you know, a lot of times, heck, even the people who are, you know, in charge don't know exactly what's going on right now because it's been so, uh, such a fluid situation. So confusing. Well, and ultimately too, uh, considering, you know, the, 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 the scope of the whole college system in California, the community colleges and Fresno city, um, you know, are relatively far down the food chain because you know uh things have to come in from the from the governor which get you know disseminated to not only the uc system csu system community colleges private universities and then that those systems have to disseminate to those you know districts and they have to decide what to do so i'm sure they're getting and fielding information as they need it as they yeah absolutely you know i think i think the one thing that i would like to you know ask once we do get a chance to is, you know, what this is going to do to uh, our fall enrollment numbers. Cause I know we were, you know, earlier this semester when I spoke to Dr. Goldsmith um, at the very beginning of the semester, she uh, let on that we were, you know, kind of trying to reach that 20,000 full-time student goal. Right. Um, and I'm curious to see where that goal has migrated. I'm, I'm assuming it's had to have migrated down just because of, you know, I, I guess less people wanting to sign up for classes. Right. The, with less the uncertainty resources. of what's moving on. Yeah, less resources. Yeah. You know, people, you know, might not have jobs to feed that and that income to feed the desire to go to, you know, to college, either go continue to go to college or go back to college. Uh, I'm sure the, the employment or not the employment number, um, the enrollment number has certainly pitched downward. The yeah. question is by how much is it? Um, yeah. you know, hundreds, thousands, you know, 10,000. But I, I doubt it's that that much. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna it's gonna be a challenging semester for Certainly. for everybody. It is as challenging as this one's been. I think next semester is going to be hopefully less challenging, but I would say at least close to it, close to equal, considering what we've had so far. I feel like the upheaval of normalcy is much easier to deal with than establishing what normalcy looks like after that upheaval. <laughs> You're absolutely spot on with that <laughs> with that assessment. So that's it's yeah. going to get harder before it gets easier. But exactly it rest assured will get easier yeah i think speaking of uh abnormalcy um i know one of the guys we're going to be talking to today is uh, marcelo saldana um one of our freshman uh pitchers for the baseball team at fresno city um so we will talk uh when we return i'm ben hensley uh, this is the herd And welcome to The Herd. Uh, my name is Ben Hensley. I'm the editor-in-chief. I'm here with Marcelo Saldana. Marcelo, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Awesome. I'm doing pretty good. Good to hear uh, that you're doing well. Um, been staying safe and all that stuff through all this craziness. <laughs> yeah, trying to. I mean, it's a different world now. Oh, it totally is. I'm getting tired of looking at my walls. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's tough staying, trying to stay at home. Yeah. Well, we ran a story a couple of weeks ago with, uh, actually a couple of days ago, we ran it just several days ago. Um, Patrick, uh, Patrick Hensley, uh, wrote up a profile on you. Um, and so I wanted to make sure that we brought you on the podcast here to talk as well. 
Um, so I'm just kind of going off of what Patrick had uh, interviewed you with uh, his story. Um, what made you pick? Because uh, you uh, went to Sta- uh, went to Stanislaus State or out of high school. Um, so what made you pick Stanislaus State, uh, and uh, what brought you back home? Well, when I went on my visit over there, I just I, it felt like home at first, and I really just knew like I enjoyed it. But as soon as I got there and I spent a couple of weeks, I was just like, man, maybe this is not the right place. And looking back at it, I thought that uh, I would have more opportunities coming back to Fresno City. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of tough running out, you know, first semester as a freshman, <laughs> jumping right, out yeah. to a new environment mm-hmm. and all that stuff. So I definitely understand. Exactly. Um, so coming out of high school in uh, 54 innings in high school, you compiled a 233 ERA, uh, 60 Ks, 244 OBA. Um, so success has kind of stayed with you for a while. How have you managed to not just maintain that success, but really keep improving every year? Honestly, it's you have to have a good mindset in order to keep improving because some people will they'll have a good season. And they'll be like, OK, well, that's just good enough. But when I have a good season, I look at it as like, OK, I need to do now. I know that I can do this uh, next year. I need to do even better in order to keep getting to the next level and getting looks by other people. So it's about avoiding that complacency of, hey, I did right. good and sort of patting yourself on the back instead, kicking yourself in the back and saying, let's keep moving. Exactly. Nice. Nice. So occasionally you had trouble controlling the zone, um, had a bad start against Monterey Peninsula where you walked four batters before getting an out. Um, does a problem like that uh, stem from mechanical issues? Uh, is it a mental block you're trying to work through? Um, really, what can you kind of say to getting through those um, issues? Uh, wh- where does an issue like that stem from? Uh, well, in the bullpen before I even started to get into the game, I, it was probably honestly one of the best bullpens I ever throw, and, which is pretty ironic like after that but uh i think it was just a mental block during that game because all my mechanical issues were all my mechanical stuff was fine and everything i felt good but i was just it was just an off day and sometimes you know it's just gonna happen but i just can't keep it on keep it on going and just leave it behind me and get to the next start and that's where that mindset of you really kind of improving on everything uh is able to push you towards you know really even further than you were right Right, correct. Yeah, absolutely. So this year you were sporting a 078 ERA, uh, you know, really throwing great. Um, tenth lowest in the nation before the uh, season got shut down. Um, how were you attacking hitters to keep the lineups at bay like you were? Um, well, I would attack the hitters and I would just want them to put the ball in play because I know that my defense, my defense will be there for me and be able to make the plays and make the routine out. So as long as I throw strikes and then balls in the infield or in the outfield, then I know I'm going to be getting some outs. You know, I was talking to Patrick the other day and actually I've talked to several people about this, you know, the difference between a strikeout and a ground out. And, you know, the best thing is the two words and then the word out. (laughs) So if you trust your defense, uh, you've, you've still got the out. The the point is it doesn't matter how you get it. If you're getting it. Um, So that's how I am. Absolutely. It's the best way to look at it, I've always thought, is an out's an out. So this year in particular, um, when did you start worrying that the season may be canceled or shortened um, when all of this stuff started to you know, really hit home back in March? Well, honestly, it, it hit me really late just because of like we we're, we were playing up until our game got canceled, right? We were at the field, we were warming up for our game, and then... Yeah, I think softball even finished their game that day, yeah, if I remember. And- and then uh, my buddy texted me from Fresno State and was like, hey, our season just got canceled. And so did all of NCAA. And that's when I began to be like, well, 
our season's probably going to be next. And he was like, just, hey, just a heads up, yours is probably next. And then, like, 20 minutes later, Coach Scott called us up, and he's like, hey, guys. And he just broke us the news, and we were all just bummed about it. Yeah, that's that's got to suck. I mean, especially, yeah. you know, right in the middle of a really fantastic season that you were having in particular, um, for it to just Not, have the yeah. plug pulled like that. For sure, especially as a as a whole team. Like, we, we had a lot of talent this year, and we were just – I I really think we could make it far this year. And it just sucks to see that this has to happen this way. Yeah, I hadn't had a chance to get out to as many games as I did last spring, but I'd been out to a few, and I mean, heck, guys were looking fantastic. I think it was right record of what seventeen and three. I think when they pulled the right. uh, pulled the plug. Um, so can you walk me through the day uh, that everything went down? Uh, I think that was uh, the game against Porterville. Um, you were scheduled right, for yeah, one right. that afternoon. Can Can you walk me through the day that everything got canceled? Right. So it was just regular day. Didn't. It just felt normal, but uh, when we got out to the field, it was kind of like you can tell something was off. Like everyone wasn't really themselves, and I was just like, hmm. but it, it was just different than a normal day. It was it was really weird. Just kind of an off feeling, as if somebody, right, yeah. as if someone knew something but wasn't telling everybody something. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think we all knew, but we just didn't want to tell each other what was happening. <laughs> yeah, yeah. For sure. So, what are your feelings about the season being cut short? You know, especially considering the way that you were playing and the way that the team was playing. What What do you feel about the season being cut short? Well, honestly, we uh, we get our year of eligibility back next year. And I just believe that it's a time for us to all get better and get stronger and just work hard right now so that it'll pay off next year in our next season so we can have even better results and an even better record. Definitely. So you're keeping a positive mindset about the whole situation. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'm trying trying to just do whatever I can in order to get better. That's good because it can be really easy to just kind of pull back in a, in a time like this. You know, you're not with your buddies, not with your team. You're not with you know everybody right. that you're used to being with. Um, and so you just kind of, you know, seclude yourself and forget about, you know, I guess, you know, the quote unquote normal world. Um, yeah, so it's really good that sure. you're, that you're able to keep that, you know, positive mindset going, even despite, you know, the such positivity in the season being cut short. Um, and so you are returning to a uh, city college, uh, this upcoming spring, I guess a year from now, yes. 2021. Right. Yes, I am. Cool. Cool. So, um, what was the feeling, uh, you know, really among the, uh, players um when it was announced that eligibility was going to be um you know still on the table for uh you know sophomores this season and really that extra year would be extended well we uh we got a text saying that we would get it back so i wasn't really around anyone but i'm pretty sure everyone would be everyone was or is still pretty excited about that because i know myself i am excited because i get to go out again and be a freshman which was pretty cool yeah, for sure. Was there was there concern among the team that that year was not going to be reestablished? Yeah, we had a little bit of doubt just because it took a while for the junior college baseball to say something right. But in NCAA, they announced theirs right away after their season was canceled. So we were kind of like, yeah, it was kind of a mixed bag. We heard you know? it from a. I, I think the NC two A came out with it, and then three C two A came out with it. I think a couple right. days later so it sort of took a while to to get the ball rolling so it was just that like anxious you know like is it gonna happen is it not yeah exactly uh my name is ben hensley um this is marcelo saldana on the herd uh we're talking about the season i guess that could have been <laughs> um so really nowadays uh what is your morning routine uh um actually let me take a step further um what was what was your morning routine um on days that you would take uh take the hill Ooh, i would uh wake up pretty early 
we would have a so I'd wake up, we'd have a Bible study at before our games. So I'd go to that and then I'd have about an hour and a half to two hours. So I would go to Starbucks. I would sit there inside there, just going on my computer, doing some homework. And then I would always get the same coffee and always the same sandwich. And then we would, I would head to the trainer. I would be there for about an hour, just getting stretched up, heated, cupped, whatever I needed in order to be ready. And then the field, I'd get there, I would run, warm up and just get right into things. Gotcha. So really Going from that to where we are now, um, I guess, you know, anytime, for instance, when you took the bump on Saturdays, um, it was sort of a routine um, and it would be the same every weekend. Um, how has that had to transition into where we are now? So what's your routine look like nowadays? Uh, I, I still have a little bit of a routine, but usually I uh, wake up, I go work out, I go to the field with some other players, play catch, and then the rest of my day is just whatever I have planned really for sure. So, I mean, you know, a lot less doing right now than, <laughs> than oh, we were yeah, at school, of course. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you're hearing from coaches still and everything throughout this break, correct? Uh, yes. We are. Okay. So they're sending you workouts or is that just sort of on an individual basis? Uh, that's just sort of on an individual basis, just because a lot of us know what we're doing and a lot of us have other separate trainers as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. So about how often are you hearing from coaches? Mm, uh, at least a couple of times a week for sure. Okay, cool, cool. So I guess last question, um, how are you staying in shape physically uh, right now? So the coaches are given workout plans um, to players, um, but is there a set plan that they're doing or is it just sort of you do you sort of situation? Well, I've, I've just been doing a workout plan that I have um, and I've just been trying to lift weights, trying to run, play catch and just do my normal thing that I would do even if I was playing in baseball season. Gotcha. So you're just basically I, I didn't, staying in season shape, even though there is no season. Right. Right. Exactly. I'm still throwing bullpens and things like that. I didn't want to just lose it all. Got it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so uh, anyway, it was uh, great talking to you today. Um, is there anything else you'd like to you know, talk about? <laughs> uh, I'd just like to thank the coaching staff, Coach Scott, Coach Solberg, and everyone for having me transfer after the first semester absolutely i know it was kind of difficult but they, they are they're awesome guys i know i've been working right, for sure I've, I've worked with the team in fact i was talking with ron uh we were supposed to drive out to arizona uh actually the weekend everything got shut down uh we were gonna oh wow head out and meet uh chet and alec uh chet allison now gamboa uh from last year okay yeah. uh, they got drafted to the dodgers we were gonna actually go out and uh, catch one of their games and interview them and put a big story in the paper and then plug got pulled on everything and that got shut down so yeah, yeah, i was kind of disappointed about that i wasn't looking forward to the car ride but i was definitely looking forward to, oh, yeah. <laughs> to everything after that it was gonna For be sure. pretty cool so that's funny well it was great talking to you marcelo um this has been marcelo yeah. saldana on the herd podcast um i'm ben hensley and we will be back welcome back ben well, hey, John. How was talking to Marcelo? Yeah, it was great to hear from him. Um, you know, really, this whole pandemic has, has affected all of us in unique ways. Um, and I would say none more uniquely than athletes, student athletes in particular, because not only are they students and still having to deal with classes online, but they're also having to try to keep up with their athletic careers as well. And whether that means working out at home um, or trying to figure out a way to get a workout regimen in that would keep them in shape for whenever any type of formal 
uh, practice does kick back in, um, you know, it really, it's, it's a, it's a tough world. So, right. And I know like, um, it's good to hear that he's doing well. I know so. any setback too can really makes make or break someone's career. So, uh, imagining, you know, everything being put on hold, um, is probably pushing a lot of people to try and come up with some innovative ways to, um, keep doing what they're doing. Uh, and, and one way that's also true, uh, this may seem like a bit of a far cry, but it's it's uh, the video game industry. And I know that we have one of our reporters, uh, James, who has uh, picked a few of um, of his of his favorite games to share with others um, that people might like to like to watch or or to um, participate in while they're uh, at home. So uh, I'll go talk to him and I'll I'll get back to you in a few minutes. Absolutely. Hi, James. Hello, John. Hi. Um, so just could you give me your full name and your title and like what you do with the Rampage? Um, hello, I am James Mora. I am a reporter for the Rampage. Uh, most of the inter- uh, most of the articles that I did uh, followed under entertainment. Gotcha. Yeah. So we've worked together a little bit. I know you've written other pieces about um, streaming services and uh, other um, online entertainment sort of um, things. Uh, and I know that you just put out a piece on video games, so and it was your top five, sort of. So, uh, first of all, what did you choose for the top five uh, titles to check out during a, our shelter-in-place order? All right, so my top five um, that I picked was Hollow Knight, Red Dead Redemption 2, Octopath Traveler, the Jackbox Party Pack series, and Shovel Knight Treasure Trove. All right, so I... I've heard of these, or I, uh, some heard each title at least once. Some of these, I, I some of these I have, some of these I don't have, but I've heard that are are critically acclaimed. So, could you go just like give a little bit one by one? You know, what is it about? Why should someone check it out? What would draw someone to this title? So, for the first one of Hollow Knight, um, it is a game created by Team Cherry. It was um, that was the publisher, and it's an indie game. Um, that is followed the uh, 2D Metroidvania style. And when it comes to gameplay, it's tight. Um, you can master this game with enough practice. And then what also makes it interesting is like it is a very beautiful game. And a lot of players tend to connect it to Dark Souls because of just like the atmosphere and tight gameplay. It is very tough, but once you mastered it, it's a fun game to play, and you can play it for hours. The next game that I had picked was Red Dead Redemption 2. For me personally, I picked this one because I haven't um, finished it yet. It was when I, I bought it when it came out, but due to school and stuff, never had the time to finish it. And I want to say a lot of people who own this game may be in the same boat that I was. So now with the quarantine, you now have the time to go through the game, follow the adventure. It also has online. Um, fans of GTA can play on GTA Online, can also play on Red Dead Redemption 2 Online. You can cowboy it up with your friends. It's a fun time. Octobath Traveler, um, created by Square Enix. Um, Square Enix are the people that have created uh, Final Fantasy, uh, the Final Fantasy series. So it is a very good... Um, it's a JRPG. It's turn-based. Um, the narrative is beautiful. You play um, eight different heroes. 
that have their own story and you get to watch how they connect in the over, uh, overarching story. Um, you have the um, role play elements of classes, you pick the strategy, you can play this game for hours. I've, I'm on my second playthrough. It's at least, want to say, 30 hours of gameplay. It does kind of slow down. There is a grind to it. Not a, not every game is perfect, but I do recommend this game for someone who's looking for a fun story. Then we have the Jackbox Party Pack series. This one was more for the social gamers. Only one person needs the game. You can hmm. pull it up on Zoom, Discord, um, whoever the host is. They share their screen, and then there's a room code, and all the other players just get their phone, their computer, their tablet. They punch in the room code by going to the Jackbox um, TV um, website, punch mm -hmm. in the room code, and you can play games. You have Fibbage, which is a trivia game, uh, Quiplash. You know, you they give you a prompt, and you put which, whoever has the funniest answer. Draw full, it's a drawing game. It's a fun time. You, depending on the size of the group, you could play this for hours. I recently did a game, I hosted a game last uh, this weekend, and we played for like three hours. It was such needed to still see that we're all friends and hanging out. It's a really good um, party game. And then last night, the last game I had was a Shovel Knight Tre uh, Treasure Trove. Um, it's a 2D side scroller game. Um, it's a very good indie classic hit. They have released three deal. Um, it also comes with a three DLC of where you get to play as Plague Knight, Spectre Knight, and King Knight. So it's pretty much four stories in one, and it's such the indie classics of um, of Ducktales, um, Castlevania, Legend of Zelda. So it has a that really good retro aspect to it. And just playing it, you can play it in short bursts or you can play it for a long time. There's plenty of hours of gameplay. It's fast. It's simple platforming. It's something that anyone can kind of pick up and have a good time with. Gotcha. So you, it sounds like a really diverse list, too. And it gives a lot of people uh, good options to, um, you know, satiate whatever they whatever craving they have uh, gaming wise. What have you found yourself coming back to most um, since mid-March when everything started happening? Um, the, re the main reason why I kind of picked um, these being five is uh, almost like my own personal backlog of games that I've been, mm -hmm. that I would started but then didn't finish. But now going back and completing, I'm just now finishing up Hollow Knight. I'm going to start on Red Dead Redemption 2. Um, uh, then next, or if not Red Dead Redemption 2, it's probably going to be Shovel Knight is going to be the next on the list. So one of those two games right. is next on my gaming list. Jackbox um, is probably the one I want to start coming back to more because I want to have the time hanging out with my um, with my friends, you know, like we feel so separated, you know, and we are um, a very, um, as people, we're um, social in nature. So having mm. that just something for all of us to have a good time and laugh helps us kind of forget that like you know so separated like there's a there's a point when we were playing that i almost forgot like oh right we're not in the same room <laughs> right just because of just how much we are laughing and having a good time just how connected we mm -hmm. were so this is that's something like i if out of the five i highly recommend the jackbox party games to like 
to and then just setting up a an hour to get some buddies and just play this and you can have just to kind of feel like that social mm-hmm. um social need um other games there's a lot of games i wanted to put on the list um did you leave any out were there any contentious uh choices you you made to to pick one over another um yeah one um for me i'm a big borderlands fan so um Mm. borderlands 3 is out they're also released uh borderlands science which is a little puzzle game which actually helps real world science which i think is really cool um arc survival me and my friends play that um you can play it on any console but that one was more I want to say you should have like a better running PC or then I don't know how many people have other friends online and have to everyone buy it. So Arc, it was between Arc Survival and Jackbox. But I think Jackbox was just more economically friendly for everyone. Right. Um, going back to Dark Souls games, just always fun to play those. Right. So, and I know kind of speaking about the game industry at large, uh, COVID-19 has caused, um, you know, E3, which is Electronic Entertainment Expo, uh, this huge, huge press conference, um, or I guess a series of press conferences uh, where um, studios come out and announce their new games or their new projects uh, has been canceled because of the coronavirus. Um, and I know that other games that, you know, had um, a lot of hype around them at last year's E3 were, you know, Cyberpunk um, 2077, I know Last of Us 2, um, those have all also gotten delayed. What does the game industry look like right now? It's 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 adjusting as best as it can. There is um, some game companies are right now either trying to do their best by releasing free content for players. Mm-hmm. Um, they're either taking the time because they're of these massive delays to start um, fixing any bugs because they don't want to release something that's, you know, not playable because that feels dishonest to the right. players. Um, so it's like everything. It's um, it's adapting like any other industry. Um, and it's going to come down to like loyal fan bases that want to be able to like mm-hmm. help these games coming. But I feel like if we, with the time they can, they are slowly releasing stuff. I know Nintendo Direct is starting to put a lot of like indie games on the um, on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, Xbox um, digital downloads are probably going to be a little bit more prevalent instead of getting like physical copies, or you're going to have to um, a hard copy off of Amazon. Right. But but it's adapting. I think they said they're going to start slowly. Expect more online events. I think they said they're probably going to start putting stuff on Facebook and other social media um, on their sites and stuff. But it it can adapt because I think with also for me personally with like COVID, I'm just happy seeing more people play games. Mm -hmm. And I think this is kind of what the game industry needed to kind of make the word gamer or games feel like a social norm especially with animal crossing like animal Animal crossings to me is going into the history books of just being the game that kind of helped cope with this pandemic i guess yeah i've I've heard people call it probably arguably the most important game in history maybe not you know technically as far as advancing the field but culturally and socially like it's something where a lot of people have, you know, Nintendo now has a captive audience, literally, <laughs> where people are stuck in their home and they just released a life simulator. 
So it's it's something that is definitely going to uh, you're right go down in the history books. Yeah, and and then for me, um, the reason why I didn't put and like I'm playing Animal Crossing like every day. The only reason why I didn't put it on the list is because that was one of those games I kind of figured everyone's playing, right. everyone's craving a Switch and stuff. Yeah. So I wanted I wanted to give some different options, but yeah, you know something about waking up in the morning, you know, doing like these small chores to kind of keep your keep yourself into the habit kind of helps you, you know, it's soothing for some people. And Mm -hmm. then it's good for younger players. It's good for adult players. Like, especially with family, you can put like maybe four people on an Island. So like dad can like show the kids and the kids can, um, become, um, the, the kid, the kids can help. It's just, it's just good for social bonding. And then, and then with this big online fan base, it has been, it has just been beautiful to see like you know how connected everyone's getting with it well yeah thank you so much for coming on is there anything else uh you'd like to say uh, about um anything you're you're interested in or excited about um like i said um we're we're gonna get through this i know everyone says that but for those you know who may, may not be into games i hope like you know you give some of these games a chance um because like I said, I want I want the video game industry to be better after this, not worse. And I think I hate to say it, but for me, one of the good things that came out of this pandemic is that it feels like the negative connotation of gamer is starting to slowly go away. Right. So I want to say we're leaning towards the positive. I feel like this is what gamers needed, at least media-wise. But That's at least my opinion. (laughs) Well, thank you again very much. And uh, we hope you have a good week. All right, no problem. You too. All right. Welcome back. Well, hey, John, it was good to hear from James. Certainly was. I gave us some much needed relief from the constant onslaught of uh, bad news. It seems to be we're getting. (laughs) I I think I might've hit refresh on my, on my Safari page on my phone uh, enough times to, you know, need a new one. (laughs) Um, on the updates for all of the stuff that's been going on recently. So it is good to kind of get break away. And, you know, in in a place where in a, in a situation right now where we can't see one another face to face and, you know, anybody who is, you know, human is social, (laughs) you know, Um, know, we all love socializing. Um, uh, it, It is a good option, a good avenue to take, to be able to hop online and, you know, play games together, um, you know, mm-hmm. enjoy one another company, whether or not it's something that we normally do. Um, I know for a fact, James mentioned Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, I played it through again. Um, <laughs> not much else to do. <laughs> right. So, you know, when, uh, when my, it comes to... I was going to say, I'm currently on my third playthrough of Breath of the Wild. Uh, you know, I've replayed Super Mario Odyssey, tried to 100% it. <laughs> you know, I'm just trying to figure out anything I can do to <laughs> keep the walls from closing in, so to speak. Oh, yeah. I, I think I'm on, oh gosh, what have I got? Uh, I think 15, 16 games left in my 162 game season on MLB. So, you know, <laughs> shout out to the show for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> One of the most underrated sports games. Yes. Thank you. And, you know, had, a, had a baseball player on today. Come on, guys. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we hope you stay safe out there and make sure to check in next week for a new episode of The Herd. Um, again, enjoy your week. I've been John Bruce. My name is Ben Hensley. And this has been The Herd. Thank you for listening. Bye.